Seltzer Kings Podcasts. Hey, are you into werewolves, mad sciences, and a little bit of witchcraft? Then stay tuned for an all-new episode of Watch Corner. We're riding this train straight into the sun. Woo! Tune in to a classic episode of Watts Corner on the Seltzer Kings Network. Available on all podcast platforms. I mean, I know what, we're friends, right? Right? You, Gavin, me, we're friends. But I don't always feel like our friendship has been, what, reciproc, reciproc, recip, reciprocated? Is that a word? So, uh, of course, I'm going to give you your paycheck today. But uh, I'm going to need a favor from you. Yes. The following podcast contains... Yes, sir, he commenced to cussing and laying about with threat. Would you cuss at me, Jimmy Dean? I'll sick my dog on you. You have to use so many cuss words. Explicit language. Hello and welcome to the podcast that asks a simple question. When your defense to the crime is it can't be a crime if everyone saw you do the crime, what the hell were you thinking? I'm your host, Dave Bledsoe, and this is a Friday, September 27th, 2019, moving the country to do a lot of impeaches edition of the show, where we talk about the 3,000th shoe of the Trump administration to drop. Stay tuned. The What the Hell You Thinking podcast is brought to you by the Giuliani School of Law. When you can't do any better, Giuliani will do. Are you a fierce young go-getter with few skills and a sycophantic demeanor? Do you really, really, really like being on television? Are you willing to say or do anything to keep getting on TV, including incriminating your client on TV? Then you're a Giuliani man. Anyone could be a lawyer, even you with a Giuliani School of Law degree. No LSAT, low LSAT, no worries. Giuliani accepts anyone whose check clears. Act now and get a free GSL sweatshirt with admission. Giuliani School of Law, when all you want to do is be able to say you're a lawyer, Giuliani has got you covered. Did you ask the Ukraine to investigate Joe Biden? No, actually, I didn't. I asked the Ukraine to investigate the allegations that there was interference in the election of 2016 by the Ukrainians for the benefit of Hillary Clinton, for which there already is a court finding. You never asked anything about Hunter Biden. You never asked anything about Joe Biden. The only thing I asked about Joe Biden is to get to the bottom of how it was that Lutsenko, who was appointed, dismissed the case against Antac. So you did ask Ukraine to look into Joe Biden? Of course I did. You just said you didn't. No, I didn't ask him to look into Joe Biden. I asked him to look into the allegations that related to my client, which tangentially involved Joe Biden in a massive bribery scheme. Rudy. Not unlike Rudy. what he did in China. Rudy. You explain to me how the kid got $1.5 billion Rudy, from China. I have no problem when Joe with Biden you launching allegations. But just be careful about what you say. I asked you, did I you am ask Ukraine to look at Joe Biden? You said no. Then you went on ask, to say that you did. That, it's no, all, I didn't it's all say recorded. that. What Rudy. I said was this. I asked them to investigate the allegations that relate to the false charges against the president of the United States. Those allegations tangentially involve Biden. So your getting answer the, should have been Let me yes. finish. When I was nine, maybe 10, I don't know, my cousins and I did some shit. I mean, we had done a lot of shit, but this time we'd done something specific. I don't remember exactly what it was. I mean, something was probably stolen, broken, burnt down, or dropped from a great height to shadow into a million pieces on the concrete below. Well, that's normal. 
you know, normal kid stuff. What I do remember is my older cousin, whose name will be redacted until any relevant statutes of limitations have ran out, came up with a convoluted plan to get us out of trouble. She urged that we provide a counter-argument to our parents by digging up all the shit our cousin Tim had done and spread it around to dilute the reaction to whatever it was we had done. To be clear, we hadn't even been caught for that act yet, but we eventually would. So each of us began going around spreading tales to any adult who would listen about the various things our cousin Tim had done over the preceding summer months. The idea in our minds was fairly simple because our minds were fairly simple. If we could simply flood the market with information about the wrongdoings of Tim and his many acts of disobedience and malfeasance, then we could divert the authorities, in this case our parental authorities, from the damage we inflicted during whatever acts of disobedience and malfeasance we had done that day. As a bonus on top of this, this would hurt Tim, whom none of us liked and generally tormented. Just, you know, for funsies. All three of you were being a bunch of little assholes. Now, I'm not a parent, obviously, but I was a cop for 15 years, and the underlying philosophy is the same. If a known perpetrator of crimes comes up to you with information without your soliciting to them for it, they are A, trying to hide something, and B... It's a rat. Yeah, a big fucking rat. If your kid comes up to you offering information without prompting, you should be very suspicious of their motives, which is exactly what our parents were in this situation. Under interrogation, each one of us broke in turn, and because... Snitches are bitches. We each pointed the finger for the conspiracy towards our older cousin, who, in our defense, had suggested the whole cover-up in the first place. But the upshot was, however, in our attempt to find dirt on Tim and spread it around, we did dirt on ourselves. What, and I guess why I'm thinking about all of this little life events in my past is uh, our great orange simpleton, who was uh, so worried about his shitty poll numbers against a doddering old Democrat, he decided he would call up the president of the Ukraine and threaten him until he agreed to dig up dirt on Joe Biden's kid. Is that even legal? I assure you, <laughs> it most certainly is not. Nor is it legal for his administration to ignore the law that specifically instructs them to release to Congress a, a, a whistleblower report to the Inspector General of the Intelligence Community that has been found credible and urgent. But that's exactly what they've done. Nor was it legal for Trump to withhold allocated funds to the Ukraine until he agreed to dig up dirt on Biden's kid. But yeah, yeah, he did, he did that too. And in fact, <laughs> using his office to get foreign powers to interfere in a U.S. election is extremely illegal and utterly impeachable. But you know how it is. He, uh, he just keeps getting away with it. The actions taken to date by the president have seriously violated the Constitution, especially when the president says, Article 2 says I can do whatever I want. For the past several months, we have been investigating in our committees and litigating in the courts so the House can gather all the relevant facts and consider whether to exercise its full Article I powers, including a constitutional power of the utmost gravity, approval of articles of impeachment. And this week, the President has admitted to asking the President of Ukraine to take actions which would benefit him politically. The, action of the, the actions of the Trump presidency revealed the dishonorable fact of the president's betrayal of his oath of office, betrayal of our national security, and betrayal of the integrity of our elections. Therefore, today, 
I'm announcing the House of Representatives moving forward with an official impeachment inquiry. This shit just got real. That's right, pod friends. After two and a half years of open corruption, criminal obstruction of justice, flagrant abuse of office, and just general douchebag behavior, the Democrats fumbled around in their trousers until they finally found some fucking sack. About fucking time. What the Mueller report could not do and seems openly admitting to abuse of power on national television multiple times will. Who knew? A week ago, Nancy Pelosi was still saying impeachment wasn't a thing the Democrats were doing and the election would take care of the problem. What happened? I mean, the summary I just said is basically what happened. But to understand it full, I'm going to need to go to go back a minute to explain in detail. It all begins when Barack Obama got elected and a lot of white people were really, really upset by this. Now, I could probably speed things up a little bit. All right, fine. Let's get on with this. I got a lot of shit to tell you and it's going to take a while. Let's start with telling you what didn't happen. In 2014, Hunter Biden, the fuck-up son of Vice President Joe Biden, was put on the board of a Ukrainian natural gas company. He was put on the board because of his relationship with an investment firm doing business with said natural gas company, but being the son of the Vice President of the United States probably didn't hurt either. From a September 23rd Vox article, quote, Though none of this looks great for the Bidens, it is unfortunately routine business in Washington to hire family members of powerful officials in hopes of gaining influence over public policy. For example, President Jimmy Carter's brother, Billy, who, God, Billy was awesome. Uh, President George W. Bush's brother, Neil, Secretary of State Hillary Clinton's brother, Tony and Hugh Rodham, were all involved in business interests that once drew concern, unquote. In 2015, the top prosecutor for the U- Ukraine announced he was going to clean up corruption, and one of his targets was the company employing Mr. Biden. Turns out, as these things tend to in the Ukraine and actually here in the United States, if you think about it, the corruption hawk prosecutor was himself actually corrupt. The U.S. government put pressure on the Ukraine government to get rid of said corrupt prosecutor or it would withhold U.S. aid money. To be clear, sacking the bad prosecutor was an international goal, not Joe Biden's pet project. Everyone wanted the guy gone and the Ukraine sacked his ass and that was the end of it. Until years later, when Joe Biden decided he was going to run for president and the propaganda apparatus of the GOP decided it was news. We pledge allegiance to Fox News. And that sewer pipe that runs from the Fox News studio directly to Donnie Dum-Dum sluiced a fresh load of steaming shit into his very small brain. Donnie Dum-Dum is very much afraid of Joe Biden since the second Grampy Joe started running. Every national poll taken has had Grampy Joe whipping Donnie Dum-Dum's ass in an election by double digits. So Donnie Dum-Dum decided... What am I to do? I can't have this. Something has to be done. And that's where all of this really begins. At this point in time, I would point out that none of this was done secretly. It was all out in the open because when a Trump commits a crime, he does it where everyone can see it. First, he sent the withered troglodyte masquerading as his lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, over to the Ukraine. Rudy was not sent as an agent of the government, but as Trump's personal agent, mind you. And also... This is quoting a September 24th Washington Post article, quote, Giuliani seemed determined to seize an unsanctioned diplomatic role for himself, announcing plans to travel to Ukraine to push for investigations that would be, quote, very, very helpful to my client and may turn out to be helpful to the government, unquote. Can he do that? Turns out he can't, but he did. 
A short time later, Trump ordered permanent acting chief of staff Mick Mulvaney to hold up millions of dollars, hundreds of millions of dollars in military aid earmarked for the Ukraine by Congress. This was a bit of a problem for the Ukraine as they kind and needed that aid to keep the Russians out of Kiev. A week or so after Trump ordered the aid money held up, he called the new president of the Ukraine, a wonderfully named fellow named Vladimir Zelensky, to congratulate him on being sworn in and discuss corruption in the Ukraine. Is that a euphemism? Yes, yes it was. Here is none other than Donnie Dum Dum admitting to what he did in front of cameras again. The conversation I had was largely congratulatory, was largely corruption, all of the corruption taking place was largely the fact that we don't want our people, like Vice President Biden and his son, creating to the, the corruption already in the Ukraine. This is after Rudy, who is again the president's ostensible personal lawyer, admitted to the exact same thing a few days ago, which we heard at the top of the show. And yet somehow, this really isn't what started the whole thing. Oh, oh come on! I'm sorry, I really am, but this is just kind of how this shit goes down. What really started this was on September 18th, Representative Adam Schiff, the head of the House Intelligence Committee, issued a statement that an official intelligence whistleblower complaint, which is the process through which members of the intelligence community can bring concerns to the attention of the Office of the Inspector General without breaking any secrecy laws, was being suppressed by the Director of National Intelligence. The Inspector General ruled that the report, which alleged the President had, among other things, pressed a foreign official to dig up dirt on a candidate in a federal election, was an urgent matter, meaning by law he must report that report must be forwarded to Congress within seven days. The Director of National Intelligence with the House of the, Just uh, the Office of Legal Counsel and the Justice Department decided that it's not going to do it and that's that. Which again is not something they are legally allowed to do, but you know, they did it anyway. As the story evolved, the whole tale of Donnie Dum Dum in Ukraine slowly began to coalesce, though I should point out that the actual whistleblower complaint is supposed to have multiple instances of this happening, which could be a well, fuck, who knows what. So, again, it appears that the President of the United States has, and or his administration, has broken federal laws and quite likely has, again, obstructed justice to cover up these crimes. And this, and this is, after all, the instances of doing the exact same thing he has done many, many times before, and this is ostensibly what has broken the camel's back. The camel who is currently crushed by dozens of fucking anvils and 10,000 pound weights. Or I don't know, maybe we're onto a whole new fucking camel. So, on Tuesday, September 24th, 2019, Nancy Pelosi, Speaker of the House, announced the House would officially begin the process of impeaching the president. The Senate, the Republican-controlled Senate ran by Moscow Mitch McConnell, passed a unanimous resolution, a non-binding resolution, making it 
More of a request, Willie, but still, the White House released the unredacted whistleblower complaint to the intelligence community immediately. On Wednesday, the White House released some notes on the content of the call between Trump and Zelensky, which even in the White House very much touched up versions still admit the president did exactly what he already admitted to, i.e. pressure a foreign government to provide dirt on a campaign opponent after withholding an allocated aid money. Excuse me, how is this helping? I guess it depends on which side you're on. I don't know. Out of the frying pan and into the fire must have been invented for the Duke boys. And all of this is where we stood on Wednesday morning when I put the first four pages of this script down for this week's show and I decided to leave a big blank space because I knew Thursday and Friday were sure to bring even more shit like this. Like how on Thursday the 26th, the full declassified whistleblower complaint was released and, uh, and, uh, it was, uh... Oh, this looks real bad. Real bad. Not only does it mirror the conversation on the phone with Trump and Zelensky, it also lays out how Rudy and Attorney General Robert Barr, the nation's top law enforcement officer, by the way, are involved in pressuring the foreign government to provide material assistance on Biden. I think the most damning of all the complaint alleges that the records of the call word-for-word transcripts and possibly voice recordings were moved from the usual storage server to a highly special classified code word server kept by the National Security Council to keep them from being accessed by anyone but a select few people in the administration. And that this was done on the orders of the White House Counsel's Office, which means someone knew what Trump did was not cool and... And possibly broke some laws. (laughs) Yeah, you know what? What most thinking would, people would call that, what most rational human beings whose mind is not poisoned by Fox News would call that, that's called a cover-up. Also, on Thursday, Acting Director of National Intelligence, Joseph McGuire, appeared before the House, Senate, and, House and Senate Intelligence Committee to explain why he didn't follow the law and send the whistleblower complaint to Congress within the seven-day window required by said law. McGuire, for his part, said in his opening testimony, Well, what do you guys expect me to do? I mean, I I just got this fucking job that I didn't ask for and I didn't want, but since I'm fucking stuck here with this raving nut job of a president and a crooked attorney general, all of whom have more power than me, you think I'm just going to come right out and hand over information that incriminates them in criminal wrongdoing? Do I fucking look like a moron? I took that shit to them and let them deal with it. I am, of course, paraphrasing what the acting director of national intelligence said in his testimony. Now, for his part, Donnie Dum Dum was, you know, himself on Thursday... This is some uh, audio captured by the Los Angeles Times from a speech that he gave to some donors right after his appearance at the United Nations. But basically, that person never saw the report, never saw the call, meaning never saw the call, heard something and decided that he or she, whoever the hell it is, sort of like almost a spy. I want to know who's the person that gave the whistleblower, who's the person that gave the whistleblower the information? Because that's close to a spy. You know what we used to do in the old days when we were smart, right? The spies and treason. We used to handle it a little differently than we do now. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know how we used to deal with spies and traitors in the old days, right? Put them in the Iron Maiden. Iron Maiden? Excellent! Execute them. Bogus. 
So yeah, yeah, he's handling things about like you might expect him to. And then finally, to close up the news of the week, late Friday afternoon on the 27th, the House issued subpoenas for documents and scheduled depositions for State Department officials related to the matter. This is unprecedentedly fast for this kind of thing. It kind of says that the Democrats in Congress are not fucking around here. So this is it, right? I mean, we finally got the motherfucker. We could finally kick his ass out and, you know, get, I don't know, fucking Mike Pence, I guess. How is that better? It isn't, but we are nowhere close to that yet. Where we are is the preliminary planning committee to take recommendations on forming an exploratory committee to examine the potential working group on the possibility of impaneling a task force to oversee the wording of a question asking about impeachment, which is actually a huge jump forward. So now uh, we get to the actual topic of this week's show. What? What have we been doing? Preamble mostly. It's a complex issue. Now we get to talk about what happens from here on out. This is my third impeachment for all I was for when Nixon went down, it is literally the first thing I remember from my childhood, so I consider myself an expert in the, uh... But I did stay at Holiday Inn Express last night. Sense of the word. Let's get down to it. Article 1, Section 1, Clause 5. The House of Representatives shall choose their speaker and other officers and shall have the sole power of impeachment. Article 2, Section 4. The President, Vice President, and all civil officers of the United States shall be removed from office on impeachment for conviction of, of treason, bribery, high crimes, and misdemeanors. Article 1, Section 3, Clauses 6 and 7. The Senate shall have the sole power to try all impeachments. When sitting for that purpose, they shall be on the oath of affirmation. When the President of the United States is tried, the Chief Justice shall preside, and no person shall be convicted without the concurrence of two-thirds of the members of present. Judgment in the cases of impeachment shall not extend further than the removal from office and disqualification to hold and enjoy further office of honor. Trust or profit under the United States, but the party convicted shall nevertheless be liable and subject to indictment, trial, judgment, and punishment according to law. That, pod friends, is the entire legal basis for removing an elected official from office without them being voted out. It's a little vague, as has been noted over the years. No one's ever fucking had a clue exactly what high crimes and misdemeanors mean, so they mean whatever the fuck Congress thinks it means. So, uh, does anyone want to know how it works? According to Jefferson's manual, It's a really great pool, but it's a different Jefferson. I understand you're not from here. I love that song. Now, any member of the House can bring impeachment articles to the floor, but unless they are sent through a proper committee, they're effectively dead on arrival. So what's happening now is the Speaker of the House has instructed the heads of the committees with the relevant investigations going on, judiciary, ways and means, oversight and reform, financial services, and intelligence with their open investigations of the president to gather all of their facts and present them to the chair of the judiciary, which is currently New York's own Jerry Nadler. 
technically prior to this, they were only acting in their congressional oversight authority, which is part of the enumerated powers of Congress. What Pelosi did by enacting Congress's Article II authority is to add considerable legal health heft and precedent to these investigations by formally investing them as an impeachment inquiry, meaning all the stonewalling and bullshit bullshitting by the Trump administration is going to get a lot harder to keep up in the courts because the courts will look upon what Congress does as part and parcel of impeachment. And the precedent is to support those actions with a broad degree of latitude, unless, of course, you're our current Supreme Court, which is filled with a bunch of fucking lackeys and fucking lickspittles who got there after, you know, raping women or being having a seat stolen. So who fucking knows what will happen? Once the investigations, and to be clear, there is no requirement for additional investigations. The committees could vote right now to draft the articles for submission to the full house. The milkman, the paper boy, evening TV. Did I get to live in here? Somebody tell me, please. This old world confusing me. God damn it, Gavin. What have I told you? We could use that gag once per show. No more. After that, it gets played. Ass. Anyway, what will happen is the committees will hold a series of a series of hearings, issue a shit ton of subpoenas, and generally make a public case to the nation why they should draft articles of impeachment. This is what happened with Nixon and Clinton. The House hearings essentially presented the case to the people before any articles were ever drafted. In one case, they convinced the public. In the other, they didn't, and you know how that worked out. Perhaps the biggest role in these hearings by committees is deciding what exactly to impeach the president for. In other words... What were the high crimes and misdemeanors that brought us to this sorry-ass point? Nixon would have been tagged with three articles, obstruction of justice, contempt of Congress, and abuse of power. Clinton was hit with just two, perjury and obstruction of justice. Should we come to impeachment with Trump, abuse of power is the T-ball article. It's already on the little fucking knobby thing there, ready to have the little the six-year-old swing the plastic bat at it, seeing as he's already publicly confessed to that. A safe bet would also be obstruction of justice, as Mueller clearly outlined all but, uh, all but implored Congress to impeach him for 10 separate counts of instructions, and we've got the whole server thing. Perjury and contempt are certainly contenders, but my bet is they will avoid these and other charges as being too muddy and hard to prove when you got your slams dunked already. It's not like a criminal court where you have to pile the charges on hoping one sticks. You want to go with the ones you know you can fucking win. Once the articles are drafted, they are submitted to the entire House for debate and vote, which the Democrats will almost certainly win on a certain on a simple majority. For as of Wednesday, 199 of the 218 needed to vote to impeach the president are on record in favor of impeachment. It should be noted that many freshman representatives in former Trump districts are also already on record as supporting an impeachment, impeachment, which is really what broke this whole damn fucking scenario. Chances are almost certain the House will vote to impeach the president. So uh, I guess we're done here? <laughs> Not even close. Now the whole dog and pony show packs up and moves to the Senate. It's the Senate that actually has the power to remove the president. How? And it goes a little something like this. The 100 members of the Senate are the jury. The House will appoint managers from their ranks to serve as prosecutors and the president's lawyers, his personal lawyers, 
please, 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 God be Rudy, act as his defense counsel. And the whole thing is presided over by the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court. Prior to the hearing, the Senate will decide on rules for the proceedings. And this is where Moscow Mitch has all the power. From a September 25th article in Slate, quote, The Senate, therefore, gets to decide if and how many witnesses can be deposed, whether the deposition should be live, the length of the trial, and the procedural matters, a challenging and potentially dubious task, given that the Senate has also decides the outcome of the trial. As Bob Barr, who served as the House manager during the Clinton impeachment proceedings, told the New York Times, quote, a jury in a criminal trial doesn't get to set the rules for the case, and they can't decide what evidence they want to see and what they won't, unquote. That ostensibly apolitical process doesn't preclude such a potential conflict of interest for the Senate partisans is notable, unquote. Theoretically, McConnell could even stonewall the entire fucking thing until after the 2020 election. There's nothing written in stone saying how long all of this must take. Hell, there's even a school of thought that says doing that might be the right best outcome for everyone involved. Do I think Moscow Mitch would do this? I do not. But I include it just to show you how anything can happen and probably will. After the trial has been completed, the Senate will then vote on whether or not to remove the president from office. Removal requires a two-thirds majority or 67 votes as the Senate currently stands. Currently, the Senate is posed of, composed of 45 Democrats, two independents that caucus with the Democrats, meaning they generally align and vote with the Democrats, and 53 Republicans. However, at least two Democrats are by no means certain to vote for removal. West Virginia's no mansion and Alabama's Doug Jones represent two Ruby red states who overwhelmingly voted for Trump. Jones is up for a re-election in 2020 and his holding his seat is precarious as it is and Manchin is going to do whatever the fuck Manchin wants to do because he knows he holds a shit ton of power in the Senate should the Democrats take the chamber in 2020. I cannot see how Jones votes for removal and stays in office and as for any GOP members of the Senate with a shred of respect for the rule of law? I don't think they exist. In short, at least 20 senators would need to vote to remove Trump. And that is a scenario, barring some really extreme shit going down, is to say, at the best, extraordinarily unlikely. If you're the kind of people who enjoy a rich fantasy life like me, let's run a hypothetical scenario. Say the hearings in the House unearth some real shit. I'm not, like, talking about the real shit already on Earth, but, like, bodies of dead babies buried under Trump Tower and Donnie's collection of baby shoes or something like that, and public opinion goes all Nixon on him. It looked like the Senate was in real jeopardy, I guess. Mitch McConnell, he might, because at the end of all things, Mitch is a fucking snake that will fucking bite you eventually. Mitch might dump Trump who was never more than a convenient fool at best, and faced with all those dead babies, 21 senators find a soul and do vote to remove the president, then what happens? I have no idea. No one does. It's something that's never happened before. I mean, do they send the U.S. Marshals to drag him kicking and screaming from the Oval Office? Does the Secret Service drug his Diet Coke and carry out while he's asleep? Does an army of red-headed MAGA chodes surround the White House with their AR-15 and rolls of Copenhagen? Yeah. Yeah, that one. 
In the history of the United States, only Andrew Johnson came anywhere close to being removed from the office, and there exists no procedure for enforcing the president's removal. In other countries, when an executive refuses to vacate their position, they're usually taken out by force and frequently shot in the back of a military truck, which as much as I want Trump gone, does not really seem like an ideal solution to the problem. It might be just be simpler to set up a second White House across the street, transfer all the power to the new president, and wait for Trump to die. Fortunately for all of us, all of this is highly unlikely to start starting and ending with the Senate actually voting to remove him from office. But you know, what's more important, what's more interesting to me is how this plays in the upside down. You know, the heart of Trump America. My last remaining Trumper Facebook friend is holding fast on the tinfoil hat Biden idea that he did something wrong, so Trump must be right. And a Milhousian world where, you know. I know this is a fantasy, but I'll take it. <laughs> For the ever-Trumpers out there, there is literally nothing that will shake them from their cult. They are far too invested to walk away from Trump, even if we really did find a basement full of dead babies. They would just blithely attest that these were illegal immigrant babies that Trump was keeping from becoming American citizens the only way he could. And you know what? They're okay with that. What about the less fanatical Republicans, the morass of financial shitbags who happily cut deals with the orange devil for their tax breaks and deregulatory agenda? These amoral cum rags will stay on the Trump train only as long as they feel they can squeeze one more iota of money from him, and then they will turn their backs, shrug sheepishly, and say, I hate to say it. I hope I don't sound ridiculous. I don't know who this man is. I mean, he could be walking down the street. I wouldn't, I wouldn't know a thing. Sorry to this man. And that is when the GOP will cut the orange dick sits loose. The Trump evangelicals are all in. But let's face it, they ain't got no money and the GOP is going to go with a money flow. And what about the so-called independent voters? I don't think they exist. There's no one left in this country who doesn't have an opinion, good or bad, on Trump unless they've been in a coma for the past five years. Even so, if you woke them up from that coma and they found out who, where he is now, they would be shocked and appalled and then beg to be put back in the coma. No independents, no, the independents already know where they're falling nothing on this spectrum and nothing will change their minds either. And the Democrats are fucking terrified this will all blow up in their faces like it did with the GOP after they failed to get Clinton out of office. All Nancy wanted to do was just stir enough shit to keep Trump's incompetence and corruption in the news through the election without having to risk Congress pissing off wavering GOP voters who turned their back on the Trump in 2018. And Donnie Dum Dum even fucked that up coming out and doing crimes in the open for everyone to see and forcing her to pull the trigger on impeachment. Neither Nancy or Chuck wanted this to happen. Hell, they might even have been right better to have the election and vote the fucker out than further rile up the culture and political differences already tearing this fading republic apart at the seams many pundits argue that the impeachment is a dead letter before it ever gets the stamp on it and they too are probably right but you know what sometimes just sometimes sometimes you have to roll the hard six and the dice just got passed to them I've made the moral and legal arguments for impeachment many times on this show. How a nation of laws doesn't mean anything if no one will enforce them when it is personally inconvenient or damaging to them. And all of that just goes to show how I was correct because the phone call that sparked all of this happened the day 
after Robert Mueller testified to Congress in July. Trump saw that he got away with it with what he did in Russia and then picked up the phone and did the same fucking thing in the Ukraine. There's no check on his behavior. He got away with it, so of course he did it again. That is the fucking story of his shitty life. Let's be clear. Never, not once has Donald Trump ever been held responsible for his actions. He's been protected by money, power, the corruption of other influential people, and the general scumbag nature of New York real estate and politics. He's gotten away with so much over the course of his life that he can't imagine that he would ever be held to account. And that's how he can get up on the national stage and lie to the public, do anything that crosses his mind, fill his own pockets from his position as the president, and have his fucking kids work in the goddamn White White House while putting other fucking people's kids in concentration camps. He is utterly amoral because there has never been a consequence for his actions. Oh, he faced a few bankruptcies, but the systems he built ensured his personal wealth was never at stake. He assaulted some women over and over again because, you know. Hey, when you're a star, they let you do it. You can do anything. Whatever you want. They do. And he grew up in a culture where that was literally fucking true. He is the ultimate product of a society and a culture that fails to enforce laws against a certain protected class of rich white men. Until maybe now. It remains as ever possible nothing will come of this. I mean, he slimed his way out of worse. Objectively, Russia was far worse. But this time, it's so simple, so clear. Even a Trump voter can understand it if, you know, they ever actually hear about it. What is up to the Democrats to do now is make sure that even the densest red-hatted head gets penetrated by the plain and simple truth of his own words, saying he did what he did and why you cannot do the thing that he just told you he did. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. <laughs> I mean, this is so simple, even... Even the fucking Democrats can't screw it up. <laughs> right? <laughs> There's no way that even the Democrats <laughs> can screw it up. Oh, God. We are so fucked. That is it for our show this week. How's everyone doing? Me, I'm chopping up Zantec and cooking up in a spoon. That's how my week's been. Sure looks like something... Might just happen this time, but I've long given up hope that people doing anything, much less the right thing, is the thing that's going to happen. That's life after Trump, you know. You know, I, I sent Gavin to the program manager's course at the DeVry Institute of Technology here on the Queens campus for night school so we could kind of get our shit together around, around the whole idea of scheduling stuff. And he found this computer thingy that was going to get us all on that schedule and planning out the shows weeks in advance for all the dozens of dollars that I'd spent on the course that I'd sent him to. You know what we found out? You know what we found out? That DeVry Institute of Technology hasn't really been a thing since like 2002, and this was just some dude named Chad DeVry in a rusted out houseboat, not an actual campus. And two, the world doesn't give a shit what is on our schedule. Shit's just going to happen and throw it all to hell. Speaking of throwing it all to hell, follow the show on Twitter, the hell underscore podcast, or the show name on Facebook. And I just got to ask you, hey, brother, hey, brother, can you help me out? You got a dollar? I mean, I'm just trying to get a bus ticket back home because I just got out of free speech jail and I just need one more dollar to get my bus fare. 
That's cool, man. Cool, man. Hit me up. Hit up my man over at patreon.com slash whatthehellpodcast. My man there will hook you up with some free shit you can't hear anywhere else. Check out the whatthehellpodcast.com for all the details and some other cool stuff over there for stuff anyone can hear if, you know, if they want to. Find the show name on found the show with the show name on SoundCloud or, you know, whatthehellpodcast.com. Because, again, you can get all that from here. And so for me, Dave, peaches come in a can, Bledsoe, producer. They were put there by the man, Gavin, and all the fictional factories downtown. We want to say that if we had our little way, there would be in peaches every day. We'll see you all next week. I have no ending for this, so I take a small bow. Seltzer Kings. Podcasts.